Welcome to another episode of Inside the Pylons. I am your host, Marcelo Unda, and it's a victory this week where the Saints beat the Cowboys 12 to 10. It's a good day to be a Saints fan here in the Big Easy. Uh, great win, great team win. Uh, I'm going to break down the games there and then also go over the keys to this week's uh, Week 5 matchup with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll give out some game balls and discuss the power rankings. Uh, right now, I'm filming uh, during the Thursday Night Football versus the LA Rams in Seattle. Uh, the game just kicked off. They're reviewing the fumble um, on the play, what it looks to be a fumble, uh, but on the field, it was called that uh, the wide receiver for the Seahawks was out of bounds. Uh, they blew the whistle, so it seems like karma got the the Rams. They should have let that play play out to see and then review it at that point later. So Rams get the ball; they're going to be able to um, be in their in scoring position at that point. But we're, this is a Saints podcast, and we're not going to talk about the Rams because uh, they're cheaters. So yeah, just moving forward. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. So. Uh, breaking down the Saints-Cowboys game, I got to give it to the Saints. They control the tempo from start to finish. I think it had a, had to deal with a lot of it being in New Orleans in the Superdome. Um, that home field advantage did give them more of the edge, and it it, it showed that throughout the game. Uh, the defense played lights out. They played off the energy of, of the crowd. <clears throat> um, so what they did basically was stop the run, made Ezekiel Elliott non-existent, forced Dak Prescott and the Cowboys to um, play the passing game. Uh, now Dak Prescott came into that game as one of the the better passers in in the league. However, had not seen a defense like the New Orleans Saints. Um, so I know last episode I was mentioning that the Cow, or I'm sorry, that the Saints were going to need to double-team Amari Cooper in order to win this game and force him to go elsewhere. Um, it was it was exciting to see that they have enough confidence in Marshawn Lattimore and and allowed him to play one-on-one with Cooper because Marshawn Lattimore took care of business playing uh, one-on-one versus Cooper. Uh, it, let's see what he had. Uh, so Cooper had five catches, 48 yards, and he was – you know, nowhere near the the potential threat. So that was really good, which allowed them to uh, force the throw uh, from Prescott, keeping four or five people uh, going after the quarterback and forcing him to go elsewhere with the ball. Um, you know, Dak Prescott did miss some critical third down plays, which was able to um, force them to punt to give the ball back to the Saints, which really helped. So um, they played tough defense throughout the game. The defense never let up. Um and like I said before, Dak Prescott was moving around in the pocket, not to be able to stay comfortable. So overall, it was a good win <clears throat> as far as on the defensive side of the ball. Offense, uh, I felt like they didn't switch into gears. Uh, they still played stagnant. Uh, obviously, the offensive line penalties uh, need to be fixed. Uh, on top of the penalties, forcing those first and longs or the second and third and long plays to try to get first downs, they gave up five sacks, which, you know, I mean, they they do te- they do have a good uh, front four. Robert Quinn was getting to the quarterback a whole bunch of times, beating Teron Armstead. But I mean, you know, either Teddy Bridgewater. Ha- I haven't seen the film, but Teddy Bridgewater would need to either get rid of that ball quicker, or the offensive line just needs to, you know, communicate with protection and making sure everyone's got their assignments or got their guy up front 
and been doing a better job there. I think that's still offensive. Our offensive line is one of our weakest, and it's still early in the season. If we can get that improved and moving forward, and and then I think we should be okay. And I think that's stuff that can be adjusted by the coaching staff and just preparation for the week. So um, game balls for this week, I'm going to have to give one to Von Bell on the defensive side of the ball. He had uh, 10 total tackles, two fumble recoveries, and one pass deflection. He was he's very he's been very improved. He's been playing really well for the Saints and a key player in the defense and the secondary. Uh, you know, recovering uh, turnovers and help helping this team win. Um, great contributing, great great uh, effort out there on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to give one to Will Lutz. He made four for four for his field goals. He scored all their points, and he was perfect throughout the day. And he he's been consistent. Someone we can rely on. He knows that, you know, in the event if it ever came back on to him, we could count on him. Um, Michael Thomas, he caught, had nine targets for nine catches. He had nine catches on – so sorry about that. So he had nine targets, caught all his targets for 95 yards. Uh, so he came out the ball um, and – you know, it would have been nice to see him get a touchdown, especially on that for, on the uh, the play where they went to Jared Cook instead. Uh, you pay the guy a hundred million dollars. Just go ahead and give him the ball in the red zone. Let him have an opportunity to to get the ball and catch it and get in the end zone. So, um, so let's go ahead and just switch uh, switch over to uh, the Saints Bucks game. Um, I pulled up some rankings just to kind of get an idea to kind of get an eye as far as like what to expect for this game. The Saints are favored at minus three. It is at home. Uh, I feel like, you know, this, the gauntlet of games that we were going to be having without Drew Brees was going to be, you know, obviously the the first two being Seahawks and Cowboys were going to be struggle wins. And, you know, we think that we'd be, uh, we're, uh, you know, an easy win would be the Bucks, you know, possibly the Cardinals or Jaguars. But now that we've gotten through the fir- those two games, I feel like this is even this is this is one of our critical games. It's a division game. Uh, we have it. We're a game lead ahead of the Bucks right now. Um, the Carolina Panthers have the same record. They're two and two. Uh, this is going to be important for us to step away from the division. And again, um, obviously, we want to be able to win NFC games. That's important um, because we want to be in in line with the first seed. It's very well a possibility that the Saints can still play for home field advantage in the playoffs. And this is going to be critical. Now the Bucks just came off a, a big win on the road in LA with an upset. They they put up 55 points and forced a lot of turnovers on that Rams team. And now they're they're going to be feeling pretty confident coming into New Orleans, especially preparing for a division game. They've won here before. They're very you know they felt, they've been able to upset us at regular on regular basis every you know every now and then. Um, so this, I feel like is one of the more critical games that's, you know, ahead on the schedule. I guess maybe this might be because it's the one that's, that one that's right here, but I, you know, but as I'm looking at the stats, this is how the offense and defense rank. So offensively, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rank 10th right now in week, uh, after week four weeks, Saints are 18th. Obviously you can contribute to that, to the fact that Drew Brees is out and having to switch our offense with behind Teddy Bridgewater. The Bucks' uh, pass offense is ninth, where ours is 14th. Rushing def- I'm sorry, rushing offense. Bucks are 20th. Saints are 22nd. I think a lot of has contribute to we use Alvin Kamara in the passing game on the short yardage throws. So, really, on first down where we th- we throw it to Kamara for a four, five yard gain, six yard gain, 
we get that uh, on that yardage within the pass instead of having to uh, run it up the middle. Um, now the Bucks they have Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. These these running backs don't necessarily uh, pose a threat to this defense. I don't think after the, what we the performance that we've seen uh, between Carson Gurley. Um, and uh, El- El- Ezekiel Elliott. So I feel like that uh, we should be good uh, on that side um, as far as what we can be expecting from them. So uh, some of the, the keys for that, the way I think that the Saints are going to have to be effective on offense is going to be that short game, that short uh, get that short game going. Dump it off to Kamara, Murray, Thomas, Jared Cook. Hopefully he can get involved here. Um you know, on that first and second down, you know, try to get the ball outside, let let someone make a, miss a tackle and get some extra yards. So that way we don't – because this is going to be the type of game we're not going to be able to run it power run against this front four. They have Nadabi Kinsu, Gerald McCoy. They've got some big people up front. And um, knowing that, you know, we might be able to use Murray in that effect if we ever get a lead to hold off. But I think just getting the offense going, moving, it's going to be important, you know, to get um, – Kamara out in those flats or maybe those screen plays, get the ball moving upfield. <clears throat> so the defensive side of the ball, this is how we rank against the Bucks. The Bucks actually have the sixth-ranked defense. Uh, Saints have 24th. Now, um, I think that you could make the argument that, yeah, we played. Uh, we gave up some big plays against Houston and the second game against the Rams. Um, there was some uh, some garbage time between the uh, the Seahawks where we, we kind of let up off the gears there early because we were up so we were up by 21 in the fourth quarter. So um, you can make that argument there as far as for the passing uh, our pass defense because we're ranked 26 in that in that category um, and also 15th against the rush. Now the the first week we didn't the, the Texans did uh, run very well against us. Again, we didn't have Sheldon Rankins or on Yamada, which we do have now, and then we also held Ezekiel Elliott to uh, 35 yards, so uh, with 18 carries. So I do see that you know that number will improve throughout the year. Um, now for the Bucks, being that they're ranked sixth, they have the first rushing defense um, that a lot of teams haven't been able to run against, and also the 15th ranked pass defense. Now as far as the rushing defense, the teams that the the Buccaneers have faced are the 49ers. They faced the Redskins, and they've also faced the Giants, in which Barkley had to leave that game early in the second quarter. So I feel that that number is also inflated based on the competition that they've played. Now, I do seem to think that they're very good, but I don't think that they're the first-ranked defense. Um, or I should say first-ranked rushing defense. So I feel that the our, our key to the game to be able to, uh, to stop the Buccaneers' offense, who... Do have talent on the ball, Winston, and obviously Jameis Winston. Um, he he's not a, a very um, I wouldn't say. I mean, he's a competent quarterback. He's not a very uh, good quality one, though. I would say he turns the ball over a whole lot, but he's got some weapons on on the outside. Um, you might have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. He gets those people going, man. Those those receivers are gonna going to eat up our corners. Now, Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans have had their deals in the past. Marshawn Lattimore has won a couple battles, but also Mike Evans has too. So wouldn't be totally surprised if Mike Evans has a 100-yard gain. That's one of those things where you're just going to have to take it, keep moving on, but just just bend, don't break. You know, 
he he beat you one time. Get up and get all, and get ready for the next one. Uh, maybe you can make a stop then. So, but if we can force Winston to throw, we shut down the run. It's going to be most important. That's going to be the key to the game. Shut down the run, force Winston to throw. If we make Winston to throw, that means there's going to be more attempts. With more attempts, means more chances for sacks and also for causes for more interceptions, which gives the opportunity for more points offensively or have the defense score the ball. So those are going to be the keys to the game. Get the ball off short to Kamara, allow him to miss some plays and make it make it to uh, be able to get first downs. The offensive line needs to be protect, protect better as well as being able to uh, be disciplined, not causing any penalties. And then as well as on the the defensive side of the ball, shut down the run, get after Jameis Winston, force some throws. Corners will have to make some plays. The wide receivers are going to get theirs, but just come out in the end, and you'll be able to beat just fine. So if I had to guess, the score of the game, um, I wonder if I can – I don't have the total one up in front of me, but if I had to guess the score, uh, let's go – I'll go 20-14 Saints. So that's my score there. I'm going to pick Saints on this one. I'm going to go 20-14 Saints. I think that uh, the Bucks will get up early, um, and then our defense will come back. We'll be able to get some points on the board. Our offense will be able to get the, get it going, and then we'll be able to hold it off, maybe get a couple turnovers, possibly maybe a pick six. So that's kind of where I see this game going as. All right, so um, let's see. Across the other, I guess the division, I was going to break that down. Now, the Carolina Panthers, they have <clears throat> the Carolina Panthers play. Well, I know the Falcons play the Texans. They play in Houston. Now, the Falcons have struggled defensively. They've lost Keanu Neal for the season. The Texans, I feel like, are the AFC version of the Atlanta Falcons. The, the Texans are 2-2. Two and two. Um, they have a lot of talent. They should be like they should be out competing the competition that they face. But somehow they are at a 500 record, and uh, it seems like Matt Ryan and this offense cannot get it going, or, and uh, the defense aren't able to stop anybody. So it, it puts them in a real bind. So I feel that it since it's in Houston, I do think that the Texans can win this game. They are favored. To win, they are favored actually by five. So uh, I do think that the Houston should take care of business as long as they can. Um, if Houston has time to throw the ball, they can get the deep ball, get the points up on the board, and the defense, uh, Houston side of the ball, just get after Matt Ryan, force the pressure. Um, he'll, he'll, I'm sure he'll throw about two interceptions. So I don't think anything to worry about. So Carolina actually plays Jacksonville, so they get to face Minshew Mania. It is at home. Um, I feel like I do like this Jacksonville team, but the whole drama between Jalen Ramsey is going to – it's already – it almost affected the win that they got in Denver. I mean, Joe Flacco threw for three, over 300 yards against that defense, and no one's ever done that except for Patrick Mahomes like the year before. So um, I do think that this Jacksonville defense can be exposed. Now, can Kyle Allen go in there and do that? It depends on the game plan. Obviously, they have Christian McCaffrey. He gets a majority of the production, and most likely he will. He can really tear it up. Um, I, Carolina hasn't won at home yet. They're favored by minus three and a half. I do think they they get they do win this game. I do think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, I'm going to say 21-20 Carolina. So that goes around there. Um, let's go over the power rankings. 
Okay, so my last week power rankings, we had New England, Kansas City, Dallas, the Rams, and Green Bay. So Dallas, L.A., and Green Bay all lose. So they're going to be coming down on the rankings. The bottom five, New Orleans, San Fran, Minnesota, Baltimore, and Buffalo. Uh, Minnesota, Baltimore lose. San Fran had a bye week, and Buffalo loses to the number one team, and they're at three and one. Um, now they had they lost Josh Allen. They only lost by six, but that game was terrible, man. D- the the defense for the Patriots are very good, very elite defense. Uh, even with Barkley out there, they didn't have a chance. Even with Allen, if he never left the game, they didn't have a chance. So, um, but here's what I have now. Now my new top five. I have New England, Kansas City, still staying there. Um, New Orleans, Dallas, and San Fran. I did move up New Orleans from six to three. Obviously, you be a top three team. Um, you after uh, you only lost to the LA Rams, who were a top five team and even a top five team at the time when you did give them a loss, or I'm sorry, when you did receive the loss from them. Uh, so I have New England, Kansas City, New Orleans, Dallas, and San Francisco. I had San Francisco move up. They are undefeated. Um, they before the bye week they had the, they had top ten offense and top ten defenses. Um, they have the Browns on Monday night, which should be a good matchup. I'm excited to see that now that the, the Browns won last week, and we'll see if the San Francisco 49ers are for real. Um, the Rams and the Seahawks will determine um, you know who will be you know in the passenger seat while we wait to see what happens with San Fran on Monday night. All right, so my bottom five from the top five. I'm sorry, my bottom five of my top ten. Green Bay, Chicago, L.A. Rams, Seattle, and Buffalo. So talk about this Green Bay team. They lost uh, to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles on um, on Thursday night. And <clears throat> it seemed like they just could not put the game away. It seems like they were able to get ahead early. And then towards the end of the game, their offense kind of stales out. They had two opportunities inside the like within the goal line, and they did, weren't able to get points. Um, I did have them drop only one spot. I do think they're still an elite team, and <clears throat> especially in the NFC. Chicago, I have ranked right below them. Their defense is is just as good as the Patriots' defense, or you could even say that they're better. Chicago keeps them in the game. They're only one loss to Green Bay, um, so and I think that. You know, they've been able to turn things around. The offense has kind of flowed a little bit better, kind of having the opportunity to run through David Montgomery. Now, it does take a hit with Chase Daniel. Some people say that they may be better off without uh, without uh, Mitchell Trubisky, but we'll see. Some, there may be a time where a defense can ha- is going to have to force Chicago to make some plays offensively and put the ball in Chase Daniel's hands to do something with it. Uh, the Rams, they lose. Uh, to Tampa Bay, I do think. I mean, I don't think they're very good, but there's so many two and two, three and one teams. So I was trying to keep it within range, um, <clears throat> and so I still have them in my top ten. Uh, Buffalo stays the same. They're three and one, lose to the best team in the league. They're still in second place in their division, and I think that once Josh Allen gets back, their their defense is going to help them win a lot of games, and they'll continue to win games as well. So the five that I have looking in uh, <clears throat> into the top ten is Minnesota, Cleveland, Houston, Baltimore, and Detroit. Yes, Detroit got their first loss. They're two one and one. Everybody else is two and two. There's like I want to say there's let's see fourteen teams that are two and two. Um, so it's really hard to kind of get it. There's 
after this, we, you kind of see some of them weed out. Like the New York Giants are two and two. We at the beginning of the year we knew that they weren't a good team, but hey, they're in a position where they're fighting for a division spot now that the Cowboys have lost and they have a tied record with Philadelphia. They're in the running for that division. But we'll see what happens as the as the uh, the rest of the season goes. The Giants have to face Minnesota. Is Minnesota the real deal? They struggled to win. They didn't get a win on the road against um, Chicago. And they basically, Chicago shut down the run and was encouraging to the Vikings to pass the ball, just like how the Saints did with the Cowboys. And Kirk Cousins didn't look good. Um, and I'm concerned. Actually, for me, I'm actually thrilled because I really thought Minnesota was one of the teams that was going to come out of that division. Uh, Green Bay obviously surprised me. Chicago, I figured they may have had a step back or maybe offensively would have been better, but they're still... That train's still rolling, so I think that's gonna. Those two teams are gonna have to meet again, obviously, with their division. <clears throat> Cleveland, you know, I, I I said at the beginning of the year that they would be a ten and six team, winning their, their division. They're still in the position where they can. Technically, right now in the standings, they do lead their division. Baltimore has suffered two losses back to back, and I'm not really sure who the Baltimore Ravens are. I know they're they're they are. Uh, they're beat defensively as far as injuries goes, and um, the, their two wins are against the Arizona Cardinals and the Miami Dolphins in the first two weeks. So um, I think this is going to be a big task for uh, for the St- they play the Steelers, who just came off a win against the Bengals, and uh, I think Pittsburgh they have nothing to lose. They're one and three, and they their season is basically they felt everyone wrote them off because Ben Roethlisberger was out. And they're struggling. Juju is struggling offense to get the offense going. Mason Rudolph hasn't really done anything. I think that defense is going to be ready to play against the Ravens. So the Ravens offensively are going to need to get up points, and then uh, if they want to stick in the running in this division, um, I've already kind of spoken about Houston. They're kind of like a mm, like I, I'm not sure if they're good or if they're if they're if they're bad. Um, I do like what I'm seeing out of Philadelphia. They're two and two. I had them up ranked at the top ten at one point at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, Oakland's another interesting team. They they find a way to win. They get two and two, go on the road against Indy, and um, I think Carolina is a good, better team than we initially thought coming in since that Cam Newton has sit to rest his injury, and 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 now the team can focus on trying to win defensively and also moving forward with uh, Kyle Allen until he heals. Um, so those are some of my – that's my uh, my power rankings. Let me know if I should move someone down. I mean, I'm, I, I was having a tough one, especially with the um, with the top 10 and even my 11 and 15 uh, um, and even the, the 16 through 20, just not knowing who to put where. A lot of – since everyone kind of – there were some people who lost, but a lot of people won, so it's – there's a lot of two and two teams. Just kind of everyone's like, ah, oh, kind of either stayed where they're at, or if they won, they didn't really move that much further. And if they lost, they didn't move back too much. So <clears throat> share your thoughts. Um, I appreciate everyone who listens. And uh, right now, the Rams are up 6 nothing, And uh, should be an interesting game for the NFC. We'll see how the rest of it goes. And thanks for your time and enjoy your football.